Why are we protecting the names of the innocent here? I mean, I guess I could say, right? You could, yeah. We we say everything else on this we do. show. We do. I don't know why I'm getting shy now. It's because you're in California. I think you might know movie people now. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you joining us for the very first time, this is Icon or Wycon, the show where we break down your favorite film universes one flick at a time. I am here, as always, with my dear friend and compatriot, the bye to my coastal, Mr. CJ LaRoche. CJ, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, Andrew. Thank you so much. I am feeling very bye today. Um, I'm not sure why. But uh, the sun is shining. There's a cool breeze blowing. Uh, and yes, I have landed in, ironically, of all places, Oakland, California. How appropriate that you're in Oakland and we're watching this film today. Yeah, absolutely. I actually went to an A's game on Saturday uh, in that decrepit building uh, out there in uh at the Coliseum and I was thinking I'm going to be able to get to watch one of my favorite movies again that took place in the building that I'm in. Uh, for those of you who haven't caught on yet, I've moved to California. Uh, I'm now a boob in California. Shout out Titus. And uh, I'm ready to talk about, like I said, one of, one of my favorite, 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 not only baseball movies, um, but really one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and that movie is, Moneyball. Moneyball, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about the Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill classic. We can call it a classic, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a classic already. It's an instant classic. It's uh, one of uh, one of only a handful of baseball sports movies really to be nominated nom- <laughs> for an Anatomy Award. Nominated for an Academy Award. It was nominated for Best Picture in 2011. Uh, the director Bennett Miller ha- just just makes good movies. That's what he does. Uh, you know, he directed Capote uh, with Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's also in this movie. Uh, the other the other movie to be nominated for Best Picture, Field of Dreams, which we've gone over ad nauseum. Um, so this is this yeah this is an instant classic. This is a great film, and you don't have to like baseball to like this movie or to no, get no, no. this movie. You know, they they really they lay it out for you. Um, for me, knowing everything that I know uh, feels like a docudrama mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, sure. I could see that. So I'm very interested to hear you know, how this thing landed on you. Have you seen this movie before? I had not seen this movie before. Okay, great. And so I, I'm I remember, very, very much looking forward to hearing it. So my memory of this movie is that this was the, the last Jonah Hill being overweight film for a minute. <laughs> Because remember, yeah. he had that significant weight loss. Yeah. And um, I really, man, I remember that. I really felt bad for how people fixated on his body. Like I, when somebody loses that much weight, give them one compliment and move on. You have to be present to how awkward that makes you feel. America, welcome just to people, it. People got obsessed uh, with it. Speaking of weight, just a real quick sidebar. Chris Pratt Chris was originally Pratt. told he was too fat. Well, to play he, this role. And so he just kept losing weight, checking in, losing weight, checking in. And then, and then he got it. Um, and he's you, fantastic. But. He's great. He's perfect for this. But if you remember Chris Pratt, that was they again, they obsessed over his body because he was yep. sort of big and dopey. Yep. And absolutely. that's how he got famous. And then they, they changed that. Like, cause he got really buff for her locker and then he just gained the weight again. Like he could never yeah. keep it off. Well, we know that struggle. That's not, <laughs> not not to out you as a fat kid, Andrew. But no, no, we know no. that struggle. I'm I'm open about it. It's a situation, <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah, still love food to this day. Anyhow, so let's talk about the movie, though. This yeah, movie did you want to me, wrap up your point on Jonah Hill, or that was that was the wrap? No, I'll wrap that. it up. That that's that's kind of what I knew about it was that when he was nominated for an Oscar, the camera panned over and he was shockingly thin, and then yeah. they play the clip from the movie, and it's like, who's this guy? Yeah. Um, and everybody and, has a fucking fit about it. Well, and the movie was a splash, but we really got fixated on Jonah Hill's weight. And it was kind of a distraction from this. This is an Academy Award winning or worthy performance from him. He's right. fantastic in this movie. It's an right. excellent movie. And uh, not being uh, a sort of baseball aficionado, 
I'm fascinated by it in the way that in the way that Field of Dreams made me fall in love with the concept of what baseball means to us as a country. Um, this movie made me fall in love with the concept of using the metrics as a tool to sort of refine how you play the game and, and, and sort of refine how you select your chess pieces and how yes. you utilize them in playing the game. Right. Fascinating movie in that level. Yeah, no question. And this was, this was really the beginning of people embracing sabermetrics, embracing the math. Um, there is, it's gone too far mm. uh, in, in real life, just for a quick second, it's gone way too far. Uh, the nerds are ruining the game. Mm-hmm. The game is no longer as exciting as it could have been or could be or was, right? Um, because the batters have too much information. So they're going up to the plate and they are striking out like at, at historic rates because they're thinking to themselves, I know what this guy's going to throw. And so they wait for it, right? And you remember 60 feet, six inches yeah. from the mound to the plate. That's as long, that's, that's the time, that's the distance you have to decide whether to swing or not. They're guessing mm-hmm. and they're striking out and the game has become a little bit boring. So major league baseball has a real problem in that the information that these guys have that, you know, when I say the nerds in the most loving way possible, the information that they are providing is so invaluable. However, the uh, guts, the instinct, the managerial instincts have been taken out of the game. So for instance, in last year's world series, Blake Snell for the Rays game six. So like an elimination game, he's pitching a great game and they pulled him out in the fifth inning because the numbers told them to, they went on to lose the world series. The instinct and the managerial uh, aspect of the game has, it's gone too far. It's gone too far, but that's the beauty of baseball is that someone will figure that out just like Billy Bean figured it out. Right. And someone will, they'll, they'll bring it back um, to the other side a little bit um, because they need to. It's, it's but, fascinating. It's, yeah. This it's, was, this was the real beginning of embracing that and, you know, figuring out that like you can't buy champ. You don't necessarily need to buy a good team, right? Like you can figure yeah. it out, you can piece it together. And uh, Jonah Hill's character is actually based on uh, Paul D. Podesta. Yes. So that's his, that's his real name. Um, and if, if you really want to, you know, get into the history of it, Sandy Alderson is actually the guy who hired Billy Bean. He was the GM when Billy Bean was playing for the A's in 89. He was the one that really started to say, okay, like, let's figure out how to get on base. Let's not make outs, you mm-hmm. know, and then Billy Bean kind of refined that and changed the game of baseball. It's, it's so exciting. And What's so exciting about it is the pushback from the baseball community over utilizing a new system and using the stats so heavily. Like, I did not know the scouting process was like it was in this movie. It's pretty accurate, right? Oh, the it's traditional scout, like the way they just go for it, like, accurate. oh, well, you know, he but he likes to go to strip clubs and, and the way they like factor in. It reminded me of being in a casting situation. It's exactly it, Andrew. And, and they're you know, casting these guys, the team. And they have more information than casting mm. directors do in entertainment, yeah. right? Because they go and they, they, they travel to Dubuque, Iowa. I don't know if that's a real town. They travel to, you know, small shitty towns in Florida. Um, isn't that all of them? And then they go. Oh, that's not fair. Come on. Florida's (laughs) beautiful. They'll watch these guys play. Then they'll talk to their coaches. And, you know, it was all about the eyes. It was all about the, the, you know, the, the Grady Fusons of the world um, who really were the experts on it. Right. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden here comes this new wave of people who embraced Bill James philosophy. Right. Bill James was the guy he worked at. I think he worked at a fucking meatpacking plant, but he was, they said in the movie, mathematician right and he yeah. like he wrote this book in like the late 70s uh and it just slowly started to gain traction slowly started to gain momentum and then when you know numbers really started to become more readily available with the with the uh the onset of the internet then these kids started really getting into it and plugging that in and and, and you know i don't I, I don't know really where i fall in the whole thing like i kind of you know i'm old school i would rather just guys, you know, line up from the guy across from you and beat him. 
But there's obviously a tremendous amount of value that these numbers add. And to, to watch it play out on the screen, on the big screen, right? And, and to have those guys in that room and then they bring in, um, what's his name in the, Peter Brand? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, who, who is that? And why is he here? And I imagine that that was probably, you know, some of the reaction to be like, what's going on here, you know? And just like John Henry, the owner of the Red Sox says at the end of the movie, the people with their hands on the reins, when you upset that apple cart, they're going to have a strong visceral reaction to it. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, the guy, the real life Grady Fuson, who, you know, is the guy who Billy Bean fires, uh, he said he never said that to him. Uh, he actually left willingly uh, before that season started. So there's, there's a few things that are historically inaccurate. Oh yeah. I, in I went in a little deep dive. Yeah, but the the overarching feel of it, I mean, I, I I imagine, you know, from what I've heard, the people that I've spoken with in the industry, that that's pretty accurate. What I think is fascinating is that they make time, and the runtime of this movie is a little bit long, but I think it's fascinating. Please excuse the biker gang. I still I still live in New York. Yeah, you know you know what I don't miss Andrew? the biker gang. <laughs> the biker gangs. Yeah. I don't so miss them. I thought it was interesting that they made time in the backstory that Bean sort of thinks that the scouts were wrong to push him up so early. Yeah. It's, it's a great underlying um, that, movement. That he, he has that in his head that he probably shouldn't have been pushed up at 18 like that. Yeah. And he yeah, probably should have gone to college and played college ball. And then yeah, maybe, for sure. Yeah, maybe figured it out later. Yeah, but that's the thing with these five tool players. You know, when you're uh, when you're the star, no one ever tells you no. Yeah, you know, and e- even his mom being like, "Well, can he do both?" Right? You know, you 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 almost wish that the mom would have been like, "Hey, Billy, you know, if you're good enough, you'll get drafted again." Yeah, and they were really you know? pressuring him. Oh yeah, I mean, he yeah. was a can't miss prospect, Andrew. Like he, Billy Bean was actually one of the first. Um, I'm, I'm declaring my age here, but he was one of the first. You know, like prospects that I really remember. I mean, he was there with the Mets in, in 84 and he was like Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry, Billy Bean, you know, like they, they were going to be, he was going to be it. He just didn't and, work out. And then, you know, uh, hitting a round ball with a round bat is the hardest thing to do in sports. That's crazy and that his career just didn't manifest. Like they thought it's it was impossible to. to predict. Yeah. I mean, you know, but he was on the 87 twins and the 89 athletics. So he has two world series rings. Yeah. He didn't play in the World Series, but he was on those teams. Uh, and and baseball's hard, man. Baseball he is didn't a play? hard fucking game. Well, he played uh, during the season, but he wasn't on the World Series roster. Oh, man. Yeah, because he just wasn't good enough, right? That so they sucks. brought him up, and then it was like, oh, yeah, probably not, you know. Yeah. So. It made me so sad. It's interesting how that backstory factors into his his willingness to try something different, to, like, spearhead something different. Yeah. And especially because he's given the constraints of, oh my word, what are you guys doing out there? He's given the constraints of budget. Like, like he can't yeah. spend he can't, that much he money. He can't spend more money. So he's, yeah. he's got to get creative. He's got to you know, fill out the team because he's lost yeah. three players. Well, he, the, the, the main thing in that from that team, yeah, was Johnny Damon, Jason Jambi, and Jason Isringhausen were like the three Isringhausen the three big free agents that he lost. Um, and Giambi was like a power hitting first baseman. And Damon was a, you know, a, a leadoff hitter played center field and Isringhausen was the closer. So, you know, in those meetings where you're looking at like, okay, we've lost these guys, we have to replace them. Sabermetrics tells you that you don't need to necessarily replace them. You need to replace their production. Mm you know, and the way to get to that production is not necessarily just finding another big time bat at first base. You can get three guys and as long as their numbers add up, then you're going to be fine. Theoretically. Theoretically. Well, and just like any theory though, like there's the human aspect that you have to take into account, right? It can't just all be the numbers. It can't just, it's like playing. It can't all be the technique. Like there is some sort of live action human connection that you have to take into it. I remember it's an unrelated field completely, but I remember taking a conducting course and I, it was at night school. I had already been working for a minute when I took this course and it was orchestral conducting. And um, I, I went in there and I started, we I conducted the ensemble and he's just like, that's great. He's like, that's great. I can see your beats very, very clearly. 
but um, I want you to believe that if an instrumentalist is sitting in front of you, that they can count to four. <laughs> and I was exactly. like, yeah. And he's like, so exactly. what are you bringing to the table beyond something that they can already do in their chair? And I was like, oh, he's like, I don't need, it's very nice to have a pattern, but like, I need some spirit. I need some moving with them. I need some responding to what they're playing and giving them yeah. something in return. And uh, it, you can't just be the technique of it. And that that blew my mind when that teacher told me that because I've always wanted to be so accurate with my numbers and stuff like that. But it yeah, can't that's going to be, be that. Mark my words, the next great baseball dynasty will be the organization that says, okay, let's look at the numbers to assemble the team and let's find a manager that will manage the team. Yeah. You know, have that human element to, to look at like the seventh inning and not go to your notebook but look on the field and see what's happening. You yeah. know, a lot of, a lot of people say like, that's why the A's can't win the big one because when they get there, they rely too much on the numbers. Just like last season, the Rays relied on the numbers and lost the world series. Wow. It's wild. It's, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. What else is interesting about this movie is that they didn't see the results of their work quickly. Like, it had to like go through a process and he had to make some bold decisions during the process to make the numbers start happening. Yes, absolutely. And I think that brings us to the, like the best scene in the whole movie is when they're working those trades out. That the last day of trading. It's thrilling. It's oh my gosh. Thrilling. So exciting. Yeah. So he gets rid of Pena to make sure he starts putting Chris Pratt's character on first base. Right. And he gets rid of Giambi because his attitude is not good for the team. It's not conducive to winning. Yeah. Yeah. And those two trade, those two things happened for real, like in real life. Like mm-hmm. he shook, he shook up the clubhouse. You know, he, he got rid of Pena because he wanted Hatterberg there. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, and it's 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 brilliant, brilliant, shrewd baseball. Um, you know, watching I do want to say, was that watching him switch those phone calls was crazy. Oh, so much fun, so much fun. And you know, as a baseball nerd, you're sitting there and you're watching and you're hearing like Dave Dombrowski and Steve Phillips and Mark Shapiro. You're like, oh yeah, no, I know those names. Those are real yeah, people. So weird. You know, those are real. Those are real GMs that he might have had. You know, he would have had on the phone that day. Uh, and so it's like a nice little you know peek behind the curtain of of what that that uh actually feels like and, and and looks like so very very exciting but also very exciting uh from a film perspective you know and i think that that is uh in that scene the, the them picking up the cues is the best it is in the whole film yeah yeah it's brilliant it's really really brilliant and um jonah hill's performance in that one scene just sitting there being like that's a mistake don't lose Pena. He's like, I got yeah. to get rid of him. I got to get rid of him. So yeah. what, 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 what do we is need? It? Yeah. yeah. Because so he goes and he finds the player and then. And, and one the, is the, the numbers. Rolls. One is the numbers. And one is the human aspect of it. He's like, from a managerial yeah. standpoint, I need these two people to go. Yeah. Yeah. No question. And, and Carlos Pena would go on to have a pretty productive uh, career, um, but not nearly the impact, you know, that we all thought he was going to when he was coming up. Really? Yeah. I mean, he had a great, he had a great career. Just, he was never a star. Got it. I feel that. Yeah. I think it's fascinating that at the end of the day, the team doesn't win the world series, you know, they don't get out of the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Like, and, and the, the, the moviness of it would tell you that they would go on to take it even, um, Bean is like saying it's it doesn't mean anything unless we win the World Series with this method. Right. Right. Uh, that's wrong because they absolutely, like I said, <laughs> have changed yeah. the way that the game operates. Um, you know, everybody is is doing that now. Everybody has an entire staff of analytics, you know, uh, experts, math people, you know, people who may not have necessarily excelled at baseball at any given time in their life, but they know how to write code. They know how to write a formula. They know how to crunch those numbers. Um, and, you know, what they do is, is super, super impressive. It's Listen, so, it's so impressive, but being like a you're saying, is crazy. 
you have to have the other side of it. You know, you look at one of the the most successful organizations right now is, is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, and they're, they have a beautiful, wonderful combination of analytics and baseball people, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they're winning and they just, you know, they won the world series last year, beat the aforementioned Rays. Yeah. Um, but because they've got so much money, but they also have smart analytical people, you know, and Steve Cohen, the new owner of the Mets, he says, I want to be the East coast Dodgers. And that tells you everything you need to know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the A's in, in real life, the A's are still having trouble getting out of the first round. Oh the man. You know, I have a question for you. Yeah. Why did Bean turn down the Red Sox offer? Uh, cause he wants to win in Oakland, but he's obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a matter of principle. It's a matter of principle. Yeah. He, he knows he, he probably knew that he could go to Boston and win. Right. Because again, he would have the analytics brilliance, brilliance that he has with like the financial backing, you know, and it's, it's not a coincidence like Theo Epstein, another analytical GM went to Boston and they broke an 86 year curse, mm-hmm. you know, and, and have won three titles since. And then that same guy goes to Chicago and breaks their world series drought, you know, but for Billy Bean, I think, you know, it's it, Brad Pitt plays it so beautifully you know, you can see the, the conflict within him. You know, it's like you're you're Luke and he's Vader and you're on Endor and yeah. you're watching his his brain work of like, yeah, no, I could totally come here and just nail this. But like, I want to do it in Oakland. I want to yeah. do it in that small market. I want to do it for those fans. I want to do it. You know, I want to do it here and I want to make sure that I, you know, that it works and that I do it my way and succeed in the place where it all started. Uh, it's going to be a real challenge. Yeah. <laughs> for them is he still there do it here oh Wait, yeah yeah he's still oh, trying yeah. to make it happen oh absolutely yeah and you know like i said i went to that game the other day that that stadium is is in peril um you know and there's a there's a whole big movement now to keep the a's in oakland so we'll see how that all plays out um but yeah no he's he's still here he's he's still a legend um, and you know, those, the, the, the people in this town deserve him, um, because it's, it's a great sports town always has been. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you feel when Jonah Hill played that video of the guy making the home run and not noticing? Come on. Did no. that punch you in the feelings a little bit? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's such a great moment. And what does absolutely. he say? He said, how can anybody not think the game is romantic? Something like that. He says something. Yeah. It's hard not to get romantic about baseball. That's what it's- Yeah. Yeah. And that's a callback to his earlier speech about, you can't get romantic about baseball. Yeah, you know, but it is, yeah. there's something so romantic about the game. It's so good, and oh, it's, it's just it's it's so cool to see a movie that prioritizes the analytics with the love. So we've seen a couple of movies about the love. Yep. One literally called "For Love of the Game." That's right. And then this one is about the analytics, and the whole pushback about it is utilizing the analytics is a disservice to the love of the game. And yeah. then it's like it. You, what we've discussed this whole time is that it has to be both. It's got to be both. Now, speaking of for love of the game, if that was an analytical driven organization, he never would have gotten out of the fifth inning. Yeah. They would have pulled they him, would, right? They would have brought in a new pitcher, yeah. you know, and they, maybe the pitchers, you know, it, it has happened where, you know, several pitchers have combined for a no hitter. Um, I'm not sure several pitchers have ever combined for a perfect game. That's a good trivia question. Uh, if you want to, if you want to find out the answer and, and add us on, on Twitter or Instagram and let us know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, we just look at the way the game has evolved and, and it's going to keep evolving. Like I said earlier, like it's, it's, it's gone so far one way that it has to come back mm-hmm. the other way. Right. Because like, we can't have all these strikeouts. We have to be, we have to put the ball in play. Um, they changed the baseball. Because in 2019, there was a record number of home runs, mm. you know, and now like you're watching games today and you see balls that you're like, oh, my God, that's going to be 17 rows deep and it dies on the warning track. So, you know, the baseball, they're constantly tinkering. They're constantly trying to, to, to change the game. But at the end of the day, it's the teams that say, you know what, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with what I'm looking at. I'm going to listen to, to Billy. What was his name? Billy Bean? His last name? No, uh, Billy, Billy. Nope. Uh, for love of the game, Billy, 
Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. What was his name? Anyway, I'm going to listen to him when he tells me that he feels good and that he can finish. Clear you the know? mechanism. Clear the mechanism. What is that Billy's name? It's uh, it's it's Billy Chapel. Billy, Billy Chapel. Yeah. Billy Chapel. You know, it, uh, Blake Snell, like from last year's World Series, if he was Billy Chapel, maybe he could have stayed in that game a little bit longer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we should take a break. Let's take a break. You know, CJ, I love that we have such a litany of episodes to share with our listeners. Litany. That's a great word, Andrew. I'm glad that you said that word because it makes me think of the litany of social media options that exist in the world today. Oh, look at you riffing off of me. That's fantastic. Uh, I feel like we have a wholly underutilized Instagram and Twitter that we should be engaging with our listeners on. I would like to Instagram and Twitter with our listeners. So this is going to be the at icon or Ycon on Twitter at icon or Ycon on Instagram and coming soon icon or Ycon the YouTube channel. So please folks comment, subscribe, let us know what we're doing. Well, it can't be that much to write. Let us know what we're doing poorly and it'll make you feel like you can practice your grammar. Oh, I love that. I love that. And punctuation. Absolutely, because there's going to be a lot of sentences when it comes to giving us notes. But seriously, folks, we want to hear from you. Don't be shy. Get involved. Engage. And we'll keep bringing you the best of the film universes that there are. I love that. Back to the show. And we're back. We are back from break. I said. Okay. (laughs) There's usually some more of a follow-up. To that usually yeah but you know this movie is so good that mm-hmm. i i've run out of things to say oh wow okay well i hope you can find some more things to say perhaps we should pollute the environment with some prompts throw some pebbles in the stream to get the conversation going perhaps it is time to engage with some ephemeral questions so what you're telling me is that now it's time for ephemeral questions about Moneyball, which is close to perfection. But for the sake of this show, we will tell you that we do know what worked and what didn't. And toward the end of the segment, we'll give out awards and a place on the island or basement. Baseball in Hollywood, what could be better? I do not know. And so I'll just say, bro, let's get on with the show. Wait, wait, that was some of your best composition, composing. That was some of your best composing. Wrote that on the break um, because I never remember that I have to write a song. And so I just do it on the break. Uh, You know what? Whatever works. That was was a really, really, really good one. What song is that that she's singing? It's uh, the show. No, it's not the show. Um, It's not called the show. It's uh, Letka. Is the name of the artist. Hmm. Um, and what the hell is the name of the song? I, uh, no, Lenka. 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 She's an Australian. Uh, she's an Australian uh, artist. Oh, yeah, it is. It's called The Show. Uh, it actually came out in 2008. Uh, so it's historically inaccurate. But it also feels like they're telling us that she, that Billy's daughter, wrote the show, wrote that song. Yeah, um, yeah. So I guess it doesn't really matter. But that's a that's a wonderful song. I love that song. Maybe uh, Billy's daughter's from there. the future. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right, that let's jump in. Is now your future? Oh gosh. <laughs> what worked for you about this movie? Um, what really, really worked for me was Brad Pitt. He's so good. He's so good, so and good. Jonah Hill. So good. good. Their relationship, their back and forth. And then uh, tying into that, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as Art Howe, who uh, in in real life, you know, I'm not, I'm telling you this guy is blue right now, did not like the way that he was portrayed in this movie. (laughs) Um, You know, but I read somewhere, every movie needs a villain. Uh, And so, you know, I I can see Art Howe eventually managed the Mets um, and did not do a great job. Uh, so, but 
I digress. These three guys together uh, and their chemistry and the way that they, you know, moved through this film really, really worked for me. Um, I think the cast on the whole was was just phenomenal. I mean, you got Robin right in there. You got Spike Jones. I know, out of the blue. Uh, making an appearance. Um, you know, the guy that played Grady, uh, Ken Medlock, he was in minor league th- or major league three back to the minors. Uh, Chris <laughs> Pratt obviously is fantastic. Um, all the, all the players, you know, that, that they did a great job. I mean, just top to bottom, the, the cast and the actors in this movie, uh, you know, and, and who are simply an extension of the director at Bennett Miller. I think that, you know, he, he's another thing that really, really was strong. Um, the, the cinematography, the, the jump zoom cuts, right. Where he's like, it's the same angle and they jumps in. Um, yeah. Phenomenal cast direction. Uh, the art of this film, um, is something that really, really worked for me. Um, and obviously, you know, the baseball because they do, they do a really great job with it. It's great. Uh, yeah. What, what worked for you? Um, it's just a nail biter of a film. Like I, I was so riveted by how they're going to make these numbers work and the opposition that they were facing. And I could not even tell you why I, I was so committed to their mission and their journey about staying under budget and, and getting this team. And so when the players started acting like assholes or when the scout <laughs> was acting up or, or even when was name how or how, when, when Howe was like, be it a douche, like, I was like, no, they're, they're doing a thing. I was so in support <laughs> of the mission. And it was, yep. it's a nail biter. It's, yeah. it's a very exciting movie, which is fascinating because the scene work is very slow. Right. It's right. very slow and very measured. And they sort of talk as though they're ad-libbing. You notice that? Mm, sure. Yeah. Um, and so for a movie to be that sleepy and that interesting... It says a lot about the actors involved and Jonah Hill was so great. So great. He was so great. And yeah, uh, a star and turn. I, and I know he's a fictional character, but at the same time in my head, I want Billy Bean and brand to be friends forever. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I want oh, those yeah. two to be real and I want that relationship to live on. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I was so fascinated by it. I thought it was insanely watchable. If I had to name what worked, it's the watchability factors out of control. Very easy to get into this movie. For sure. No yeah. question. What didn't work about this movie? You have to pick no. something. No, I know. Um, and you kind of touched on it and I sort of teased it a little earlier. Um, it, the, the pace of the film mm-hmm. suffers at times. Mm-hmm. Um, the the cue pickup, in particular, uh, you know, Bennett needed uh, like Jerry Zachs to come in and just kind of like tighter, 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 tighter. Lump, you know, jump, pump up those scenes. Um, you know, just make it. This needed to be a little livelier uh, as far as the cue pickup and the pacing of the film um, because, you know, you said earlier, like it's, it feels like the running time is long. I don't think the running time would have felt as long uh, had it been just a little crisper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they really, like you said, they, they felt like they were ad libbing at times. I feel like yeah. the director was like, yeah, guys. So this is kind of like the gist of the scene and go. And because you have such brilliant people doing it, like one cut or one take. And it's like, Oh yeah, no, that must be it. Um, but it, it could have used a little more juice mm-hmm. um, as it were. So that would be the only thing for me. Um, but it doesn't detract because again, like I'm watching a two hour movie about a time period that I watched go by and was like mm-hmm. totally invested in, you know, Oh, the A's have won 10 in a row. Oh, the A's have won 13 in a row. Holy shit. They're going for 20 in a row, you know? And I saw, I Pretty watched spectacular, that game. Yeah. Like I watched it live. Um, I wasn't there live, but I watched on TV live. Um, on the telly. On the telly. Yeah. Uh, so that would be the only thing that didn't work for me. I think Q pickup um, would be the okay. would be the the drag for me. What about you? Did you ever see that Family Guy where uh, they're talking about the Godfather and Peter's like it insists upon itself? Yeah. <laughs> like what does that even mean? He's like it, it means what I say. It insists upon itself. That's yeah. uh that's what I feel about this movie. This movie oh, insists funny. upon itself. It, it, they are they are all saying very important things. And the stakes are very high for Billy Bean and those in his orbit. And I get it. 
uh, it's just like we're really treating this like it's Brecht at times. <laughs> yeah, and like I, sure. I mean, I mean, I there was one point where I was like, "Is this a baseball movie or is this a production of Look Back in Anger?" Like yeah. there was some high stakes drama happening, and again, the writing's good, the story's compelling, the acting is beautifully done, so you're there for it. But because they spend so much time insisting upon themselves in right. this scene work, it's twenty minutes too long. It's it's you can tell the story in twenty minutes shorter. Also, um. The movie's over with that final scene with Jonah Hill. So the car, the song, the, the five title cards that explain how uh, using this method, uh, Boston breaks the slump. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, yeah. that whole thing, skip, skipity, skipity crap. It's the same as I said with uh, For Love of the Game. I don't need to see them have the reconciliation scene at the airport if I yeah. see him board a plane to London. Right. Yeah. So it's very, very clear that he turned down the offer. Mm. Do you know mm. what I mean? The movie was over mm. and it's, it's very clear that he thinks he's a failure and that he turned down the offer. And then Jonah Hill like warms his heart and shows him that video. And then yeah. like I, story over, why is she singing that song to him from 2008? Why? Why yeah. is she calling him a loser? I, I'm coming from a Puerto Rican family. Loser, calling dad. your father a loser is not okay. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's which, so extra. Which brings me to my next point. I feel like I, I really enjoyed Billy Bean's backstory. I really enjoyed the main story of the, the movie. Uh, if we're not going to really invest in the family, then don't include it. Yeah, because she didn't you know? do anything. She was kind of a tertiary character. And I feel like they brought that song back. They kept trying to make that song a thing. Like that's why she gets off the plane holding that yeah. fucking guitar. Well, the, the director was obsessed with it. And originally it was going to end with Bob Seger's against the wind, mm. which is more dramatically appropriate. Yeah. A dr- more dramatically appropriate choice. But that song has kind of become really, you know, a, 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 a part of the movie. Um, yeah. And so I like it, you know, um, but it's amazing. Yeah. It feels like a musical misstep in a, in a movie that whose score, you know, those three notes that they play over and over again, uh, it's so beautifully done and so masterfully woven in to, to bring the song back. Yeah. And you're a loser dad. I don't know. It's kind of, it, it feels like a childish ending to, to a very sophisticated film. It's an ending that insists upon itself. I'll say it yeah, again. Like, it's just like, for oh, real. and he brought the guitar back because he made sure that he carried the fucking guitar when she got off the plane. I was like, <laughs> it was like when you watch it, be like, oh, I'm sure that's going to come into play later. Yeah, it did. Yeah, revisit. But I, I'm happy he he revisited the beat. Yeah. Kudos. Does this movie make your desert island top five? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I've I've watched this movie three times already in 2021. Hmm. yeah no it's 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 a fantastic film it's got it's got everything that i want um you know it's a sports movie it's very dramatic it's very well acted um you know it's it's a docudrama so like those baseball scenes that you see on the tv like that's actual footage that's not the actors no and that was cool how Um, they cut to it too and how it's it's masterfully woven together um it's for me it doesn't ever feel long um, when I watch it. So it's, it's, you know, I can put it on whenever and just kind of have it on in the background. Um, you know, and now like being a, a, a resident of the Bay area, like it's, it's my thing. It's my jam. Yeah. Um, so it has I love to, that. it has to make my desert on top five or I'd, you know, I'd get letters from the chamber of commerce. So <laughs> put it there, put it there for me. Um, yeah. I I'm, I'm interested to hear what, what you're going to say. I love this movie. I think this movie is fantastic. I will also never watch this movie again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How because interesting. It's, Why is that? Uh, because uh, they will never be able to recapture the thrill of me learning what sabermetrics is. Okay. Like that's that's okay, they're yeah. never going to be able to do that again. I was my, I was blown away by it, and now that I know what it is, all I want is more content to deepen that knowledge. I don't I don't need to relive the discovery of that moment. Oh, um, I see. It's also twenty minutes too long. It, it, yeah, it just, yeah, it just feels long. Yeah, yeah, it's yep. It, it does. Uh, what if what if this movie were exactly the same movie, um, but it was about uh, something revolutionary in the music industry? Would you, would it would you watch it again? 
I ask because of obviously my connection to the yeah. sport. Right. So do you know, it's funny. Um, my mother hates the movie grace of my heart, which is uh, a, a dramatization inspired by loosely inspired by Carol King's life story. Yep. Yep. And uh, I've watched that movie over 25 times. So there you go. Yes, yeah. That so my yes. Question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It does. So it's funny. What's, what's hilarious is you posed that question. And the first thing I thought of was like, I did wear out that grace of my heart VHS. Yeah. Because it was so interesting seeing a singer songwriter come up in the world to me like, exactly. and how exactly. she revolutionized the music industry with her perspective. So for sure. Yes. Yeah. It's because I'm not as a baseball person as you. Yeah. Um, all right. You ready? Bonus question. <laughs> yeah. Give me a ridiculous sequel pitch. There's always a movie that makes such a splash and then somebody ruins it 10 years later with a yep. sequel that makes no fucking sense. So yep. go for it. What's your ridiculous sequel to Moneyball? My ridiculous sequel actually happened in real life. So Moneyball 2, the mm. 2012 Oakland Athletics 10 years <laughs> later. Mm-hmm. Uh, except this time we focus on the pitching. Right. So we, we don't necessarily focus on the hitters. We focus on the pitching. Now, side note, the 2002 Oakland athletics, Mulder Hudson and Zito were their three top pitchers. They don't really okay. get a mention in this movie. Also Miguel Tejada and Eric Chavez, not really touched on in this film, like, because they were like stereotypical good baseball players. Okay. Right. Like they weren't the thing, but no. So the 2012 A's we focus on the pitching and the ridiculousness of it is that they win the world series. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they get all the way. You know, they 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 beat the the Yankees in the playoffs, and then they beat the the Mets. You know, or like another big market team, the Dodgers, right? And and with in, in, against impossible odds, uh, with like guys that are basically like out of major league, right? So you've got Serrano, and you've got Rick Vaughn. You know, everybody <laughs> yeah. the guys that nobody wanted um, because they. Uh, they just happen to to do it, and and Billy Bean finally gets his his World Series. So that's as ridiculous as I could think of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's very very cool. Oh yeah. Of course, I'm going to lean on you know the act. They did. They called the 2012 A's Moneyball Two. That's hilarious. They they had rookie pitchers who you know won an exorbitant amount of games, and you know, but they still they lost in the first round. Oh man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Fight on. Uh, let's hear your ridiculous sequel pitch. All right. I'm really proud of this. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. All right. The year is 2092. <laughs> In an effort to increase baseball attendance, baseball has been moved to outer space. <laughs> In this outer space broadcasting, we have made contact with other realms, and there are now different leagues that bring in players from different humanoid galaxies, right? The underdog team of the season that is the focus of Moneyball 2 is from a small planet called Jakku. (laughs) (laughs) Their GM is Uh Ray. Oh. It's a Star Wars tie-in. It's a sequel trilogy sign. Oh, wow. And it's called Moneyball 2092 Lightsaber Metrics. <laughs> okay. Okay. And Ray is a GM that has like, she never makes a wrong decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just she nails it. She always just yeah, gets yeah. it right. Yeah, yeah and this she is going to be, J- right. Jack, who's going to win the World Series? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or the the, the 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 universe series, I guess. It would be the universal the, series. The yeah. universe series, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. It's going to be a terrible movie, but That's I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be yeah. really, really bad. And thank God, 2092, like I'm long, I'm long in the ground at 2092, so I'll never have to see that. Should that come to fruition? I don't know, CJ, you're in great shape. You'll make it to 2092. <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you can survive a pandemic, you can survive yeah. 20, 2022. Yeah, seriously. Um, what, what is your special award? So, I mean, my special award is, is pretty plain and simple. It's the keeping it real award. Okay. Um, you know, those guys in the scouting room, those actors, like a lot of them, actual scouts or guys mm-hmm. with scouting experience. Um, you know, Ken Medlock, he played professional baseball. He actually 
uh, was quoted once as saying that Billy Bean ruined baseball. Um, so <laughs> keeping it real, uh, Steven Bishop who played Dave justice was actually in the same organization coming up as a real baseball player with Dave justice. They called him little justice because of okay. his resemblance and his style. Um, and just, you know, the way that the baseball was portrayed and the way that the clubhouse was portrayed and the way that the real baseball was intercut, yeah. um, with the, the, the actor baseball, I think just the authenticity of this film, uh, you know, while it was dramatic and while it was, you know, there were liberties taken, for instance, the soda in the clubhouse, not real, didn't happen. Okay. Um, but everything else and the way that they portrayed it and the way that they, you know, really let you in and let you behind the curtain, the keeping it real award. To I love ball. that. Okay. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. Yeah. What do you got? The deep, sensual, yet masculine and moody gaze award. <laughs> because my word, <laughs> watch this movie and count how many times you see a deep, sensual, yet masculine and moody gaze coming from one of these male actors. I mean, we even got one from the guy playing Pena when he was talking about the soda on the plane. Uh, justice. Was that Justice? That was Justice. Was justice. Oh, yeah. God, I get confused. Yeah. Uh, everybody had a moment to gaze at the camera. And then I'm yep. just like, are they all going to do this? Is everybody going to do this trick? And then we had the whole fucking diatribe about the guy that owns the socks and the scarf and i was just like what are we talking oh about? my god yeah the, the scarf the the gift i was like this that is you don't need that segue just no, get to business oh come on there was just no get to, reason get down to business you honestly could have just had him walk into the clubhouse and Jonah Hill be like, how much did they offer you yeah. do you know what i mean like yeah. i'm not a filmmaker and i have notes about yeah. scenes we didn't need in this movie. <laughs> well, I thought that I, I, I did think that the scene was necessary because he talks about uh, those holding the reins. Yes. And he does talk about right. how the first person to smash through the wall gets bloodied. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 while I agree with you that the scarf business was a little much, um, but yeah. Oh yeah. No question that there was, there was some trims. There were some cuts there was some cue pickups again. I'll get back to that. Um, so slow. So yeah, slow. Just a little, a little slow, but on the whole, wow. I love this. Yeah. Film. Yeah. Well, yeah, the whole thing all adds up together, but there's just some stuff that was like, <laughs> super painful. Um, <laughs> is this movie an icon or a Y-Con? Oh, this is as iconic as it gets, man. It's fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. An icon. Yeah. 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 There's no question. Percent. Um, you know, it's a the fabulous star, film, the star power, in this movie, the the story behind it, the way that they tell the story, the docudrama aspect of it, um, you know, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, two just one of the two most deserving Oscar noms ever. Uh, shame they didn't win. Uh, the, the the film got no awards, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, who gives a shit? Yeah, no icon stamp of approval. Absolutely, it's a solid movie. Uh, it's executed really beautifully. It, the cutting in of the actual game footage is thrilling. Yeah, and seamless. Yeah, and and seeing Chris Pratt really like not be the guy that we know him to be now. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We, yeah. we he was so he was so popular for being dopey, and then he yeah. got pushed into action hero status, and then that kind of became the thing. There's this in between part of him being uncertain. That he yeah. doesn't really do anymore. And it was so, he's so good. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, we're, we're talking about like uh, Star Lord humble beginnings when J David Justice is like, so, you know, tell me, what are you most afraid of? It's like, oh, the ball being hit in my general direction. <laughs> hmm. yeah. uh, no, that, that's it, actually. And you're like, there he is. There's yeah. Star Lord. You, this is where you found it in this, in this scene with the cereal. Yeah. No, Hilarious. so good. Also, he he's a catcher that can't throw anymore. That's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. He just lost his arm. Just yeah. It's just your elbow goes, and then that's it. You have a hard time not not throwing it back to the pitcher, but actually like getting it down to second base, so that you know if you can't control the running game at all, you're yeah. a liability. Wow. Yeah, he was yeah. he was great. Um, everybody was really good. Even the kid that he hasn't done another movie, but the kid that played Giambi was great. Yep. Yep. And wait, I'm going to ask you, 
when he found out that he was traded, what did he do? In real life? No, no, no. In the movie, that actor. What did he do when he found out he was traded? Oh, he just said, really? And then left the room. Not before giving a deep, centrally masculine moody oh. dance. <laughs> he was just like, I was like, another one. I, like, I started counting during act two, and I was just like, wow, they're, they're all going to have a beat. We're going to take a beat. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, Nick Perrazzo. Yeah. No other movies. actor's name. Yeah. He was so good. Huh. Must have been a buddy of somebody. Right? He looked like a ball player. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Have to do a deep dive on Nick Perrazzo off camera. (laughs) Do you? Just for fun. Why not? Well, let me know. Who is he? Who is this person? I don't know. One movie. Right? So random. And like a big movie. Yeah. He's got a... He's got a Facebook page, um, but good for him. Yeah, fascinating, well, Nick Perrazzo. Yeah, I'm going to leave you to your deep dive. Uh, okay, thank you. It's great. Yeah, I, I'll yeah. Let you know how it goes. Yeah, please do. <laughs> let's let's check back in next week. And next week's movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited about. It. I also haven't seen. So very like, excited. Oh, we, yeah. I've never wow, seen yeah. this movie, and apparently, it is also spectacular. It's a very good film. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, it's a story of Jackie Robinson. It's called 42. What's funny is, do you notice that uh, for the Hollywood ball sequences, we uh, we really picked some historical. Yeah, some, every one of them has, one a, of them is, has, has a historical deep basis. basis in reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Just, which is fascinating. Yeah, well, coming we, up, don't, nothing, we don't do anything by accident yeah. here at Icon or Wicon. You know, we're yeah. talking about the Hollywood ball, yet they're all based on true stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Major League Three was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> well all around you know. all around all around for everyone involved yeah all right well this wraps it up good sir yeah no it does that's it it's yeah wrapped. yeah that's it yeah it's yeah. wrapped that's so wrap. <laughs> for icon or wicon i'm andrew david sotomayor and i am your friend in california and we'll see you next time next time <laughs>